Welcome back to the Adrian Bow podcast featuring Troy Malcolm. And AB, we've had some pretty exciting people over the past couple of months come onto the podcast and share their insights and ideas about their career, their success, and also some of the lessons they've learned during their journey here working at McGrath Estate Agents. I always say this, and I'm going to say it again, this is probably one of the most exciting ones that we can get. Now, we are very privileged to have a really high performance culture and a number of people in this business that have not only been here for a long period of time, but also are consistently within the 1% of performers across the entire industry. And I'm not just talking about their local market, I'm talking about the entire Australian real estate marketplace. Today is no different, and I know that when we were trying to set this appointment up, we almost were a little bit hesitant because we know how busy this gentleman is, but we're very thankful and honoured to have Brent Courtney join us for the podcast today. And uh, I guess, Brent, how many years, if you could give a snapshot of um, your life at McGrath and your career to date, because it's it's been a long journey and it's a journey that so many people would somewhat know about, but then there'd be others that would be um, meeting you for the first time or listening to you for the first time because you really get on and do the business and not really worry about all the other things that carry on with real estate agents these days. Oh, mate, thanks for talking me out. <laughs> <laughs> um, not at yeah, all. It's quite, quite humbling. Um, I don't know, mate, I've just been here for I don't know, 18 years or something like that and... Uh, yeah, I just do, do the same stuff every day that most agents should do, and that's even though today, you know, two hours before I came here, I was calling through past clients, I was calling through people I sold properties to in 2015, um, and I'm heading back to 2003, and then I'll get back and do it all again. You know? And yeah, going to see someone on Monday that's thinking of selling that I sold to three years ago, and they may or may not have remembered me if I didn't make the call today. So, yeah. That's right, mate. There's, I think there's, there's not that many fancy things you need to do in real estate, except we just need to be persistent, uh, which I've I've been not consistently, but mostly over the last 18 years at McGraw. Yeah. I've um, lost focus at times. Um, Does that drive you, though? Does relationships and wanting to be persistent and really, you know, being that constant chase... Um, and constantly top of mind to those guys. Does that drive you as a natu- naturally drives, as a person? What drives me is when my competition get a listing either over me, and that's I, I win more than I lose. Yeah. But also when I see a property go on the market that I didn't get in the door from. Right now, you know, really, really, you can you can say that you know, they've never received a, you know, a letterbox drop, a phone call, or whatever. So it's just about consistency, whether my personal marketing within the area wasn't good enough, you know, whether they, they, maybe they came through an open house, I never followed up with them. So I, I, it just all comes back to me and what, what drives me harder and harder every year is when I fucking miss out on a listing to someone else. <laughs> and it, yeah, it, just, it pisses me off and it makes me focus even more. Yeah. So I, I'm just a little bit competitive with that. So over the course of 18 years, I mean, this business has changed dramatically over 18 years and you've seen it um, go from strength to strength and start kind of three offices or five offices when you first came on board yeah, yeah. to the 94 offices we have now. Um, now, you're, you're one that does just get on and do the business and focus on what you're accountable to, but does that make you proud to be associated with a brand that's grown consistently and, and 
had a, a number of high performers. We just mentioned that you know we're very honoured to have a number nine representatives on the deal makers list for REB Online, which only was released a couple of days ago. And we were talking about the people that had come through the business. Um, you've always been one at the top echelon of our performers in our business. Does that kind of make you? feel proud to be part of that good company and part of the company that you keep and does that also then drive your performance as well? Yeah, it's interesting Troy, I was actually thinking about it the other day and and we've lost a lot of good performers in, the, in our business at McGrower over you know, the last 10 years but all of a sudden it's all, that, that position is always replaced by someone else and it's because of the training and the development and you know, osmosis, who we hang around with so I'm actually really looking forward to spending more time with with a lot more top producers because like Chaunce and I, Pete Chaunce and I were chatting the other day about spending some more time um, together as far as you know, during work hours. Yeah. So when you know, we're doing prospecting sessions or whatever, maybe move, you know, getting together and doing that because you know, competition is, is the thing that drives us so much. And, and at McGrath, I know that we used to have, it used to be a big deal being in the top 10 and yeah. people look at may still be, but you know, I don't attend too many of the, you know, the big function, so I'm not really sure. But, you know, I remember I was just chatting with Bowie here as I walked in the office, and I remember you had to be in the top 10 to get a window desk. <laughs> yeah, the like, booth, yeah, yeah, a yeah. booth. Yeah. And when I started here 18-odd years ago, it was a big deal to get a booth. Yeah. And, and, and from that, you know, we used to have the top, I don't know, I, I'm sure we had the top 10 agents or the top 20 agents list would come out every month. Yeah. And it was a big, big deal back then. Mm-hmm. So um, I don't think it's a lesser deal now. It's just that there's, there's so much more. It's such a bigger company and uh, yeah. there's, there's probably agents that are doing a far better job than me that I've never met before, but we're all in the same brand and, and, and hopefully they too have, have learned from you and, and John and, and, and the training and I would have thought every agent that starts at McGrath will be a better agent when they leave, uh, no matter how long they're here, whether they're here for a year or 10 years, they will be a better agent. Adrian, that's what really makes me think, you know, we're so fortunate to have the likes of high-performing agents, but we're even more fortunate that, like Brent said, it's osmosis that does develop relationships. It's osmosis of hanging out with the right types of people and being impressed by their skill, regardless of which era they've come through the doors over the past 30 years of McGrath, Mm -hmm. that has seen not only the continuing success, but we'll see the future success because, um, you know, the fact that you can tap into someone like a Peter Chauncey and just have a phone call and say, we need to hang out more in work environments as opposed just to socially, which I know you guys do as well, that really excites me because more equals more and it's more of an abundance mentality that we see throughout this business that starts obviously in different areas, but then it translates as well because I know there's people that are listening to this podcast like Aaron Paul talks a lot to um, Jess Smith out of our Canberra office. Now, geographically, that's the central coast of New South Wales and the ACT, but there's something about that high performance culture and the competition, I think you said, that makes it really exciting and that's what's something that you know any listener that's not part of our brand and listening to this podcast right now my advice would be connect with a peer partner that can drive that success it doesn't have to be someone that works within your office but you need to be accountable because if information was the only thing we'd all be billionaires with perfect apps right that's the reality if we read something that's enough for us to understand but it's actually the implementation and the accountability that does set us free Definitely, and there's a saying that, you know, if you show me the five closest people to you or the five closest people that you spend the most time with, therefore you're showing the person's future. Yeah. So you look at sort of Brent and Peter Chauncey hanging out, sharing ideas, sharing IP, 
Um, and it's not a coincidence that they're, they're both top performers. And for those who don't know, Brent's heading up in Lane Cove office there, specialising in, in, the, in Sydney, Sydney's lower North Shore, which is a beautiful you know, geographical part of the world. Um, Brent, you mentioned that you lose focus. Now, this is a huge topic in our industry because there's probably not a month gone by in the 29 years that I've been in the industry where I haven't lost focus. Um, so it's easy to do that, but it's difficult to recover from. Um, what tips would you give to people listening to this? Because because the reality is sometimes it can happen weekly to, to a lot of people in the yeah. industry. I mean, we're absorbing a lot of anxiety from our vendors. We're absorbing a lot of uh, stress sometimes from our buyers. Uh, we've got staff to deal with. We've got people to report to. Uh, we're working long hours. We've still got to keep an eye on our family to make sure that we're dedicating focus and energy there as well. So there's a lot to juggle. And, you know, frankly, unless you're earning a certain degree of income, it is very hard to justify. So there's a lot of people which are still in building phase and not quite a pinnacle phase. What assurance would you give them or tips would you give them when they do lose focus uh, on how to recover? Yeah, it's a really good question, Bowie. Um, for me, I go back to, to look at how do I feel when I go home? Mm. So when I'm sitting in the car finishing a conversation or jump out of the car and going, you know, obviously the best part of the day is you go home and see the family, you know, but how do you feel at that point in time? And and if I haven't done my prospecting mm. and, you know, if something's happened during the day, you know, you've lost a listing or a deal's fallen over, mm. you feel average walking in and all of a sudden you see the family, you feel good again. But that little bit of average that you felt, that should be your motivation for the next day now. I know when I go home tonight, I'm going to feel good because I spent a couple of hours on the phone calling past clients that I hadn't spoken with in, in um, probably three years. Yeah, right. Um, so often people say, do you do the prospecting and you'll feel good. Yeah, it's true, but I never feel good about prospecting until I'm in the middle of it. Yeah. I think you need to start. It's like going to the gym, you know, getting out of bed in the morning at 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah, I hate the idea of getting there, but when you're there and you're doing it, you yeah. feel amazing. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And but then when you've done it, and at the end of the day, and you've ticked that box mentally or, you know, on a piece of paper or whatever, you've ticked the box that you've done what you know you need to do to be successful, you're on track. You're on track for your purpose. You're on track to hit, track to hit your goals. Yeah. Um, so... It's, it's getting back on the phones. Wait, the, the answer question, um, to the question, but I think of how do you get back on track? Well, really simple. Just do the basics again. It's just been an hour or two hours prospecting. You'll feel great all of a sudden. You'll start to get the momentum again. And then the next day, you hop on the phones again because you felt great about it. Yeah. And to use Dr. Fred Gross language, Brent and Troy, which, which we know about, is, is the big rocks. Make sure the big rocks yeah. are in place first. So for me, you know, in, in, during my career, uh, I just knew that if I prospected two hours a day, not dissimilar to what you're talking about, Brent, that was one of my big rocks. The second one was my morning ritual, whether it was taking the dogs for a walk, going to the gym, um, having a chat to my wife, you know, just that nice meditation time maybe. I just knew that if those two big rocks were in place in the middle of the day, by the middle of the day, I just knew the rest of the day was going to work itself out. So often I'd come in and, and you know, one of my staff would say to me, oh, you've got 25 emails and 15 voicemails. I say, great, I'll get to those once I've done my two hours of prospecting. The irony is that 
that two hours of prospecting was often calling people that were not, not looking to sell, but it was fine. <laughs> that was my that was part of my daily diet, as was my morning ritual. So I agree with you, Brent, that if you become habitual around prospecting, habitual around having at least two face-to-face appointments per day, whether it's with a buyer, a listing appointment, a price alignment meeting, whatever it might be, if that is part of your day and part of your week for 50 weeks of the year for the rest of your working career, it's very hard to get off track. But the key is, how do you react when you lose a listing? Well, that's probably more important on, um, compared to how you react when you win a listing. How do you react when you get off track and, and maybe you're in bad headspace or poor energy? Really important on how you bounce back from that. So I agree with you, uh, Brent, just getting back to the core uh, uh, that of, of real estate, which do also become those big rocks, Troy, in, in our lives. I was going to say, is it a speed thing? Do you need to get back on the horse very quickly? Um, otherwise, you start procrastinating. Have you found that over your career? Like yesterday afternoon, um, we were just about to uh, do a twilight open at one of the properties, mm. and I had a quick look on the, the, the domain app uh, to see what other properties had come on the market in the area, and there were two properties that just came on that I hadn't been into right. in one of my core, core areas. And I got the shits. Yeah. And today I'm on the phones. Now, I got home, spoke to my wife about it, and, and said, tomorrow, yeah, I'm on the phones prospecting. So, I, look, I could have gone back to the office at 7.30 last night and started prospecting, but I wanted to go home and see the family instead. But, yeah, yeah absolutely. It, it's, a, it's a next day or same day thing. If it's at the end of the day that you get a phone call that you've missed a listing, you've seen one that you know, should have been yours or a deal falls over, it's set, set, set whatever you're going to do for the next day and make sure that it's proactive and all of a sudden you feel in control again and feel good about yourself. Yep. And, um, yeah, I, people know when you're feeling good about yourself and I know when I do the daily habits that I'm supposed to and it's not every day. I wish I was that disciplined. I'm not as disciplined as you, Bowie, as you said. But, you know, when I do do those things, I feel great and I know that when I walk into a listing appointment, people feel your energy. I feel other people's energy. They feel mine mm. and uh, you're just much more likely to win that next piece of business. You know what I love, Troy, is every top performer has different drivers. So for Peter and Brent, uh, it's it's their competition. For me, I, I never focused on my competition. Now, there's no right or wrong also, answer. It's also yeah. competition within yourself as well. Yeah, the frustration right. is more so. The frustration is I missed two and I didn't get in to see them. I don't care who the agents are that yeah. are actually representing that home. I can't believe I didn't get to walk through and look at that. Yeah. And I think that's a really important lesson for all our listeners is don't focus so much on the competition because yeah. not once has Brent mentioned that. The competition will do what they need to do. Correct. But if you focus on being on the shopping list and in every single listing presentation mm. and have the intent and the energy that we've spoken about to be present at that meeting, mm. you're going to be successful because it's not so much about what you're doing and what you're saying at the right moment. It is about what your actions are when you get to that point of discussion about someone's most important asset. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's interesting, uh, Brent, just in terms of the configuration of most people's teams. So just so listeners can get the benefit of it, you're doing about 50 trans- Transactions a year, an average sale price of around three and a half million. What's your EBU look like, and what are their roles? Yeah, I've got my sister who's awesome. She's worked for me. How long has Melissa worked with you? Eighteen years. Eighteen years. So Melissa kind of started pretty much right here. I remember the day that I first met you guys, way, way, way back when I was too young to remember. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, so you've got Melissa. Melissa's kind of controls everything. eh? You you would say your operations manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mel's cool. She does all that. She does the marketing and. She's my sister as well, you know. So it's it's whatever needs to be done. She'll 
either do it or make it happen um, and pull me in the line when I need to pull my head in as well. Uh, which... What's one of those examples, Brent? No, don't. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine sibling rivalry in yeah. the office, right? Yeah. And also where your office is located. It's kind of your own office as well. It's your own it's space. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> and then I've got Sam Lloyd. Sam's amazing. Sam's been with me for five years. Yep. And, and Sammy could easily go out and list and sell on his own at the moment. But Sammy knows that if he does... He's up against comp- competition that's been in the industry for 10 to 20 years. Yeah. And all of a sudden, instead of when he gets me in the door and we're going together, us winning 7 to 8, 8 out of 10, mm. it might be 1 out of 10. Yeah. And it's a hard slog. Mm. My, 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 my biggest regret, I guess, if I could, if anyone said, what would I do differently in my career? I left a, a very small agency out at Castle Hill and started working in Lane Cove as a, as like a buyer's agent. I stayed there for five years and, and, so another five years. So I was there for six years. And, and what I should have done, I should have gone to McGrath earlier. I should have gone and found the best team I possibly could and learnt from them mm-hmm. because I would have fast-tracked my career so much, so much faster and, and so much more. And that's what Sammy's doing at the moment. Uh, he will be an amazing agent when he's out. And he already is. Um, but at the moment, he's probably earning more money than most of the agents in my area anyway and yeah. he's working with me so. yeah, there's, a certain, there's a certain trait Adrian that we yeah. always discuss which is that success leaves clues you always like I can rattle off probably 5, 6, 10 15 EBU teams that we mm. currently have within this business that people that are working side by side with what you would say the senior agent or the known person in the area the old man the, the old man <laughs> I didn't want to say that but they, they decide to stay there because because of that reason, they like working in a team environment. And mm. most of the younger generation, if you want to say you're an old man, you're not yeah. an old man, but most of the younger generation coming through the ranks would say, listen, I want to work somewhere where I can hang out with someone, I can be mentored, I can be trained, I can earn a good income, but I also have the flexibility that if I want to take a couple of weeks off, I can during yeah. the year. And that's the difference between being a solo agent where you're under pressure the whole time, you're getting one out of 10 deals, as opposed to seven or eight, you do have that balance in your life, which I think speaks volumes for the the people you associate with, but also, like Brent said, if I connected earlier in the business with a lead team and learn as much as I could, you, you know, you possibly would be in that team five, six, seven, ten years, sometimes eleven plus. What we're seeing across the group right now, definitely. I think it's a consistency uh, with with Troy and I talking to a lot of top performers. Brent is they're they're, they're talking not dissimilar to yourself in that. Um, when when we talk around quote you know become your own agent unquote I think that's a bit of a misnomer now I, yeah. I, I, I think agents are already working under or, or, or amongst other agents so there's sort of a business within a business within a business because you know your 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 EBU Brent is a business within the McGrath business and and Sam is almost like a business within your business so I think that's the trend of our industry that's definitely the trend of our brand and this super team that we're talking about is is, is already happening um, and I, I don't think that today's marketplace is is any market to to use that misnomer of going out on your own because what what agents want uh, when they do want to leave uh, the luxury of say someone like Brent's team is they actually want more market profile hopefully earn more money and more experience but they think going out on their own will achieve all that but you can actually achieve the same or more staying with senior agents. Uh, And not to mention the professional loneliness that a lot of agents can Mm -hmm. endure in this industry, Um, especially if you're a standalone and you're not bouncing ideas off each other. And you know what it's like, Brent, you know, I had associates for for decades. You you have a bit of a laugh too sometimes. And frankly, levity is something that's 
almost essential in this industry, otherwise you go crazy, right? You need to have a laugh. You need to go to a listing appointment together and have a bit of a banter and, and then also share afterwards, you know, how did it go, a debrief on what the property was worth, the demographic of the owner, who were the buyers, you know, have, grab a cup of coffee. So I think that's part of the the, the uh, ceremony of real estate is linking arms with other people, uh, including your team members, colleagues, and, and looking forward to that, that art, which, which we call real estate. Brent, I was just going to say yeah. something, sorry. We're obviously in a softening market at the moment. Yeah. I think that's also, there's a lot of agents, um, young, young, younger agents, younger than me, that have gone out on their own, and mm. I can see so many of them struggling at the moment because, you know, in that five-year boom that we had that, that finished in June last year, mm-hmm. really anyone could have stood at the front door taking names and numbers, got an auctioneer to turn up, obviously excellent auctioneer, but mm. got an auctioneer to turn up four or five weeks in and, and sold the property. Whereas now we've got to put deals together, we've got to make it happen. Mm-hmm. I've, I've gone back, I, I, went, oh, I went down to five days a week, I'm now back up at six days a week. Yep. It's taking more effort, time and skill to get every deal over the line. And I think now's the time... To, to buckle up and, and hang in there and learn as much as you possibly can because there's a lot of agents out there that have never worked in a down market and didn't work through the GFC. I tell you what, I'm, what I've learned during this GFC, I'm, I'm using every day at the moment yep. and getting prices aligned even before the first open house if we haven't had enough email inquiry or phone calls. Um, I, yeah, just making deals happen, that's the main thing. Getting face-to-face negotiating with buyers, as John taught me. So when someone wants to make an offer, just going straight for the face-to-face appointment, getting the offer on a contract with a check, like Ducky always used to say, yep. mm-hmm. get it on a contract, and, and making it happen. Whereas I, I see a lot of really successful, good agents, but they didn't work back in the GFC and before that, mm-hmm. that are now struggling to put deals together. And that's the reality. Like, that was actually my next question, was given that the market has shifted in your pocket, and has we've seen it for a little while, since, like you said, since June last year, but even more so now, um, it's something that agents aren't very aware of it an awareness of the market conditions changing and the fact that you have to cross every t and dot every i and not just be complacent as put an offer on a contract and send it to me even go the extra step and go and meet them face to face that's the difference about what makes agents stand out in this market and we'll continue because you know yourself one or two deals done in this market will actually equate to a three to five percent market share shift when we do start to see more encouraging signs over the next 24 36 48 months yeah yeah yeah, it's exciting times yeah. uh, to put in deals together. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I think it's a great market. It's what we call a normal market. And, yeah. and obviously the boom was an anomaly and those anomalies only occur, you know, uh, every cycle, once in every cycle. So, you know, I, I was saying yesterday at, at one of the training sessions, uh, gents, that, you know, 18 months ago when we were in that boom market, if someone tapped me on the shoulder and said, you know, if I could ma- wave a magic wand now and... Um, have a scenario or an environment where a lot of agents who are not experienced would leave the industry, have an environment where your skill set, given you're an experienced agent, is not only going to be appreciated but actually going to be paid for, so i.e. higher fees, um, and also have a market whereby if um, less experienced or low integrity agents uh, won't be able to perform and probably won't get appointed on many listings. I'd be going, right, give me that magic wand, I'll wave it right now. And guess what? That is the market we're in. So if you know your stuff, 
it's a great market. If you're an average agent or an inexperienced agent or someone who can't get experience very, very quickly, then it's a terrible market. So it's not necessarily the situation, it's more how we perceive the situation. Mm-hmm. And it's certainly a very subjective market depending on which chapter of your career you're, you're up to and also what skill set you're, you're up to. So you can, yeah. it's, all, it's all learned stuff though, isn't it, Bobby? Really. Mm-hmm. And, and putting deals together and working in tough markets is just something that you learn. Yeah, so it's you just, can. It's yeah, just something you need to be hungry to go out and Definitely. find yeah. people that are doing deals and learn what they're doing. Yeah. Get some dialogue, get some skill, and um, yeah. It, what's what's not learned is is the innate traits of people, Brent, which is discipline, humility, process driven, um, and and good energy. You know, yeah. they they're, they're the innate. Uh, features of someone who is either going to make or break it in this in this industry, um, because let's face it, you know you you can learn negotiation skills, uh, you can even learn product knowledge probably all overnight on YouTube or or, or RP data. But if you're not disciplined and you're not, you're not humble and you're not process driven, let me tell you, you can wear the best suit and drive the best car. It just ain't going to work if you're just not going to pick up the phone or be keen to have face-to-face appointments. And we've all seen yeah. scores of people come and go in this industry that fall into that category. So, no, but we really appreciate your um, your, your time today, Brent. It's been a, been a really great uh, interview and a lot of people will get... We'll get some gold nuggets out of it for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, as we wrap up, we've hit 25 minutes. And I know we kind of blink and the time flies when we're, we're doing these episodes. But, um, Brent, I just want to thank you because I do know how busy you are. I know how focused you are on really outperforming and outpacing and outpassionate, being more passionate sorry, in the market than ever before in your presence. So I appreciate you coming through. For all the listeners that have been tuning into our episodes, we're going to continue interviewing the very best performers within McGrath because we know that's what your recommendations that's what your questions that's what your advice is that you want to hear from these people but also if you want to connect and reach out and find Brent it's very easy to do so uh, on the McGraw website social channels everything is there in a presence that you can actually connect through with AB we're coming back next week with another star performer I know we've started to put together the pipeline of who we're bringing onto the show in the next couple of weeks I'm most excited about the continuing interviews because you would say the household names that we've interviewed the first couple of episodes are well known in the industry but the next couple of weeks we're still really starting to identify some key performers that have not only outpaced the market but continue to grow over the past five years that now have become in that star performer market um, yeah so ne- next episode will be our number one agent in Queensland and uh, we won't reveal the name just yet but uh, cert- certainly probably number number one or two in Queensland in the industry I would say but yeah. certainly at McGrath an outstanding agent and a, and a great individual as well so not similar here to our our good friend Brent so listeners really great for you guys to tune in we'll be back at you uh, uh, next couple of weeks perfect guys thanks for listening and rate us five stars if you get a chance we'd love to hear from you bye for now